Hello everyone, I'm Roma Downey. Some of you may remember me from the TV show Touched by an Angel. I just encourage you this Easter uh, to remember about the power of prayer and to remember about being kind to each other and um, remember that we belong not just to God but to each other. And um, my thanks to Pastor Ken and Elise for their many years of friendship. Um, I love you guys and I miss you. I hope we get to see you soon. And all my love to everybody there. May you have a happy, peaceful, and uh, healthy and safe Easter season. God bless you and bye-bye.
Can we put our hands together? When I say he's risen, you say yes, indeed. Say, is he risen? Yes, indeed. I say, is he risen? Hey, yes, indeed. Then is he risen? Come on, church. Yes, indeed. Well, if he's risen, come on. Hey, say it with me. Say, is he risen? Hey, yes, indeed. Well, is he risen? Yes, indeed. Well, is he risen? Come on, church. Yes, indeed. Well, if he's risen, come on. Hey, say it with me.
through Scripture stories with stones in them. The Ten Commandments were written on stone. The children of Israel took stones out of the river as a reminder of God's miracle. David picked up stones to slay Goliath. It even says in Revelation that there'll be a white stone with your name on it. But the stone we talk about today is the stone that's been rolled away. Hallelujah. Because in that moment, Jesus, the cornerstone, came forth defeating death, hell, and the grave. And today we celebrate that victory. I'm gonna declare a scripture. When I read that scripture, I will respond with Jesus is alive, hallelujah. Here we go. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, and even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Jesus has indeed been raised from the dead and everyone, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is Jesus that is raised, risen again who is even at the right hand of God and who also makes intercession for us and is preparing a place for us. Jesus will wipe every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things will pass away. And Jesus said, I am the Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end, I am making everything new. Let's give him thanks and praise, hallelujah. Well, just as on that Easter morning, Mary and Peter and John ran to tell, turn to the person next to you as you're being seated and say, Jesus is alive. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Cathedral of Faith. Whether you're here on campus or watching online, today we join two billion Christians around the world who are celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we join our voices with them. And we thank you for joining us today. And if you are new with us, a guest at our home, you can see in the pew in front of you, there's a card there that you can fill out and if you fill this out after service and take it to the back we have a special gift for you Roma Downey who you saw open our service and you'll hear from a little later in service she's written a new book and if you take this card with you to the amp uh, to the foyer after service all of our first time guests who hand in one of these cards will receive the be an angel book by her it's a powerful inspiring word thank you for joining us today we look forward to what god's going to do as we gather and at this very moment going on all across the bay area on nbc bay area pastor ken and our worship arts team are ministering to people on through nbc and we're just praying that God will use that even right now to touch thousands of people in our community. Maybe they stay at home and they're eating chocolates. They might get a... Even if they're home in bed eating chocolates, they're going to get a great treat watching that. Well, Easter is about 
sacrifice and giving. God so loved the world, he gave his son. Jesus so loved, he gave his life. And we get to participate in that match of Easter and giving as we bring our tithes and offerings. There's a variety of ways you can do that. The ushers are in the aisles with envelopes that you can fill out and give to them after service. You can go to our app. You can go online. You can text the number on the screen. Those of you at home, write out checks, mail them in. This is a way that we get to support what God's doing. 34,000 families rely on us for food each week. We've given out $4 million worth of food already this year. And all that happens because of your faithfulness to do what Easter's all about, to give. Well, God is, amen. Let's give God a thanks for that. I believe God wants to continue to minister his life. Already the powerful worship has just raised our spirits to worship Jesus. Let's continue to worship Jesus as the worship arts department comes.
someone else. You think I'm mad? Peter, see the tomb for yourself. Now, do you believe me? Gone. Gone? Now? He's back. Amen. <laughs> yes. That's what we celebrate today. He's back. Say that with me. He's back. And because he's back, his comeback is my comeback. It's great to see everybody. Wow, Cathedral of Faith, God is good. And all the time. Jesus is alive, the tomb is empty, and his comeback means my comeback. In fact, on your way in, you receive this little towel, and it's a piece of cloth that reminds us that his comeback is my comeback. And if at some point during this sermon you get inspired and you want to wave that towel, <laughs> football has its terrible towels, and cathedral has its comeback claws. Amen. <laughs> For the next few moments, I want to talk to you about a comeback. If you had a set up, setback, God is in this place and wants to give you a comeback. Think for a moment about one of the greatest comebacks you've ever seen in your lifetime. It might be in, uh, in music, it might be in sports, it might be in politics, it might be in business. One of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen in my lifetime was in a boxer by the name of George Foreman. Now, this foreman is a lover, not a fighter. But that foreman was a fighter, a very good fighter. 
he became the heavyweight champion of the world. And there's a new film coming out. In just a few weeks, our team, some of our team had a chance to do an early screening of the film, and they said it's very inspirational. And as you follow his life, he started boxing when he was young, and then he won the gold medal in the Olympics, and then he turned pro at 24, and then he became the heavyweight champion of the world. And his career was up and to the right all the way till he met Muhammad Ali. And in a fight that they called the Rumble in the Jungle, Ali knocked him down, knocked him out, and he never could get another title shot. So he ended up hanging up his gloves, retiring from boxing, but 10 years later, he decided to make a comeback. The reason he said he was gonna make a comeback was to prove that turning 40 is not a death sentence. <laughs> and all those over 40 said, amen to that, right? <laughs> so he starts training, working up the ranks, and eventually it gets his title shot. He's 45 years old. In boxing, you might as well be 105. He's 45. His opponent is 26. Nobody gave him a shot, but he stuns everyone by knocking out his opponent, he becomes the oldest heavyweight champion in history. We have a vic uh, picture of his victory right up here. Every <laughs> Wrong foreman. Everybody's got to have a dream, amen. But think about that. 20 years after he lost the title, he regains the title, and he wore the same red trunks. The same trunks he was wearing when he lost, he wears them again when he wins. Now those trunks had a new memory attached to them. Think about your life. Where could you use a comeback? It seems to me the greatest comeback in human history was what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ came back from the dead. Up until that point, death was undefeated. Every time it had a match, it knocked the other person down and it knocked them out. It was undefeated. And it looked like the same thing was gonna happen again. It knocked Jesus down and you could hear the count. Day one, day two, but on day three, Jesus gets up off the mat, steps out of the grave, and death is not undefeated anymore. Amen. Jesus comes back. <laughs> and we read this in Hebrews chapter 2, that through his death, he destroyed the power of the devil. Would you say that with me? He destroyed the power of the devil who has the power of death. Jesus did this to make us free from the fear of death. We no longer need to be chained to this fear. And in 1 Corinthians 15, we read it a moment ago. It says, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? But thank God he gives us a victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
And because Jesus was the greatest comeback champion, he can help me to have a comeback too. Where have you had a setback? I mean, when people looked at Jesus, they thought he was finished. Do you remember his last words on the cross? In John 19, we read, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. Would you say that with me? It is finished. Everyone that heard that thought that meant that Jesus was finished. His enemies thought that he was finished. The religious leaders, they never did like Jesus. They didn't like his mission. They didn't like his message. And they were so mad at Jesus, so threatened by Jesus that they pushed to have Jesus killed on a cross. Think about it. The best government of that day and the best religion of that day, they team up to put the most innocent person who has ever lived, the sinless savior, son of the living God, they put him to death. And when they did, they thought they would never hear from him again. And then on the count of three, Jesus stood up walks out of the grave, and they found out that he was not finished after all. As a matter of fact, he was just getting started. Even his friends, even his friends, they thought he was finished. They really did. At one point, they thought he was the savior that the world had been waiting for, but then he died that humiliating death on the cross, and now they thought he's just one more would-be savior. If you study history, there were lots of, in the first century, lots of would-be saviors that showed up. And the same thing would always happen. The leader of the movement would be killed, the followers would scatter, and you would never hear from them again. They were down for the count. And when Jesus was killed, the disciples thought, He's another would-be savior, but on the count of three, Jesus gets up off the mat, walks out of the grave, and they found out that Jesus was not finished after all. As a matter of fact, he was just getting started. And more than three billion people around the planet today are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ with us. Can we give him praise, amen? Whoa, Jesus is alive and well. See, Jesus did not say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. It's not a cry of defeat, it's a cry of victory. Then in the same way uh, an artist finishes a painting, or in the same way a manager finishes a project, or in the same way that a student finishes a paper, or in the same way that a dog, you can see this dog just finished his taxes. 
when you complete the task after all the blood, sweat, and tears, and you say, it is finished. This is what Jesus was saying. My mission is finished. My assignment is finished. I came and I lived the perfect life that you could not live, and then I died the death that you deserve to die. It is finished. He has completed his mission. And when you put your faith and trust in him, let me tell you, someone needs to know that. When you put your faith and trust in him, your life is not finished. You are just getting started. You really are. Even if you've had an epic fail. You know those little things called gifts? I saw these gifts that had the title of epic fail. See what you think. Here's a golfer who has an epic fail. I feel his pain. Here's a soccer player. And then there's a guy, he's working out on the treadmill, but it's all coming apart. Don't you hate when that happens? Let's go a a bit more personal. Can I ask you a question? If we were having a cup of coffee and you told me about an epic fail, in your life, what would you say? Do you think you can come back from that? There was a young lady who had experienced failure in her marriage. Whenever you get married, you walk down the aisle. No one wants the marriage to end up in divorce. No one plans on it ending up in divorce, but people are broken, life can get messy, and that's where she found herself. And she needed a comeback. This is what she writes. I am 31 years old and divorced. Though I fought the divorce bitterly, I still feel bad. I have no hope for the future. I go home and cry, but no one is there to hold me when I cry. I'm stressed out emotionally. I feel so hurt and bitter. I feel I will have to sit out the rest of my life, the rest of my life, in the penalty box. Have you had some kind of setback? Some kind of epic fail? You need to come back in your relationships. You need to come back in your spirit. You need to come back from that relapse. You need to come back from that bankruptcy. Jesus lead disciple, he knew what it was to have an epic fail. You want to see an epic fail? The night before Jesus goes to the cross, his lead disciple, Peter, he says this to Jesus. He says, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never, I will never, say that with me, I will never desert you. Even if I have to die with you, I will never, say that with me, I will never deny you. He makes a promise. And in just a few hours, not a few weeks, not a few days, a few hours later, he denies three times that he even knows the best friend that he has ever had. That's what you call an epic fail. And those aren't the kinds of things you read about on Facebook. 
People post their successes on Facebook, but failure is what we can all identify with. I don't know a lot about you. I may not know where you were born. I may not know how old you are. I may not know where you work, but I know one thing about you. I know that at some point in your life to one level, you have experienced failure because it is the human condition that we all have in common. But thanks be to God, because of Jesus Christ. Here at Cathedral, we have a saying, and the saying goes like this, mistakes are not fatal, failure is not final, and delays are not denials. Would you say that with me? Mistakes are not fatal, failure is not final, and delays are not denials. Failure is not final. And when you bring that failure to Jesus, no one likes to fail. No one wants to fail. It's painful to fail. But when you bring that failure to Jesus, you can learn from it. You can grow from it. And it can be a stepping stone to your future success. And your comeback can be greater than ever. See, Jesus, he came back. And because he came back, I can have my comeback. If I've had a setup, I can have a comeback. I'm on my way, say that with me, I'm on my way. And that's what happens to this disciple, Peter. He's given another chance. He makes a comeback. We read about this comeback a few days of the, after the resurrection in John chapter 21 that Jesus says to Peter, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. And three times Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And three times Peter answered, you know that I love you. And three times Jesus restores Peter's mission, then feed my sheep. In other words, Peter, your best days are not behind you. Your best days are still ahead of you. Jesus is in the house. And that makes all the difference. It does. And the sound of that to Peter, it was sealed with of all things, of all things, with a scent. Listen to where this took place. It took place around breakfast. And we learn this about breakfast. It says when they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Jesus was cooking. Fish cooking over a charcoal Fire, underline charcoal fire, circle charcoal fire. Follow me on this. Did you know that your greatest sense that you have is your sense of smell? That your nose can distinguish between 10,000 different scents. That smell can influence people's moods. Smell can influence your work performance. And 
your sense of smell is connected to this part of your brain where your memories are formed. So when you smell something, it can create a powerful memory for you and it's attached to a person or an event. For example, when you were young or if you smell bread, anybody like the smell of bread? Yeah. Anybody gonna have some bread later on today? Yeah. Hurry up and finish the sermon king so I can go have some bread today, yeah. So the sense when you smell bread, it might take you back to your mom when she was cooking bread in the kitchen, or it may take you back to a romantic dinner that you had with your wife, or it may take you back to that one time. It was just once that one time you broke your diet, (laughs) but your smell takes you back to a memory. And what about the smell of a charcoal fire? Where did that take Peter back to? There's only one other place that you find this in the Bible. And that is when Peter denied Jesus, he denied him around a charcoal fire. It was the scent of failure, the scent of setback. And now Jesus creates this charcoal fire because he wants to attach that smell to a new memory, a better memory. Now it's the the scent of, of restoration. Now it's the scent of his comeback. Now it's the scent of Peter, your best days are not behind you, your best days are still ahead of you. And what if today, what if this service, what if you're not here by accident or you're here by chance, but the sights and the sounds and even the scent of that charcoal fire, it's a big setup for you to come back. You may have had a setup, but God has set this up for your comeback as your best days are not behind you. Your best days are still ahead of you. Hallelujah. Own it today. The scent of grace is in the air. The scent of mercy is in the air. Oh, friend, I love the smell of of a charcoal fire in the morning. It smells like victory. And God is not finished with you yet. I'm on my way to my comeback. I'm on my way. Say that with me. I'm on my way. When you bring your failure to Jesus... It's a little bit like this basketball. It's playoff time in the Bay Area. Can anybody say Warriors? Oh, come on, we can do better than that. Everybody, Warriors. I thought you were in the house. Have you noticed with the basketball that when you bounce it, the harder it falls, the higher it bounces? Have you noticed that? The harder it falls, the higher it bounces. And because Jesus came back from the dead, and because we're connected to Jesus, I want this to get in your spirit. If I fall down one time, I'm bouncing back. If I fall down two times, I'm bouncing back. If I fall down three times, I'm bouncing back. If I fall down four times, four times, if I fall down four times, I'm bouncing back. If I fall down five times, I'm bouncing back. If I fall down six times, 
I'm bouncing back. If I fall down seven, seven times, seven times you're down for the count. No, I'm not. If I fall down seven times, I'm bouncing back. The Bible says, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Hallelujah. And the harder I fall, the higher I'm going to bounce. Let that get in your spirit. I'm on my way to my comeback. Say it with me. I'm on my way to my comeback. I want you to hear from a friend of mine, because you may be thinking, it'll take a miracle. It really will. But a friend of mine, Roma Downey, who, she was a star of Touched by an Angel, but she's also the head now of MGM Studios. And she took time to sit down and share a message for Cathedral share a little bit about the movie. It's based on a miracle, real life story. And as you watch this, I want you to think about your story. If you need a miracle for your comeback, nothing is impossible with God. And I've um, just made a new movie that's coming on to Amazon Prime. It's called On a Wing and a Prayer. It stars Dennis Quaid and Heather Graham. And it's an extraordinary true story of a family who get on board a small plane coming out of Fort Myers, Florida, flying to Louisiana after a funeral. And um, the most extraordinary thing happens. The pilot, the only pilot on board, dies unexpectedly of a heart attack. And this family find themselves hurtling through the air in a plane that no one knows how to fly. It's like your worst nightmare, really. But they're a family of faith and they call out to the Lord. And through an extraordinary series of coincidences um, and talent and hard work and mobilization, uh, everyone comes together uh, to help. And, and it's extraordinary story of a miracle, really. It made me think, the reason I wanted to tell this story was that it made me think of all the places in our own lives where, you know, we're not at the yoke of a plane and God willing, we never will be. But there may be situations in your life that are challenging. You know, many of you might be facing health issues or financial issues, uh, issues of heartache and loss. Um, and I know I've experienced many of these things myself. And you think, how am I going to land this plane? How am I going to get through this? And I just encourage you two things. One, if you need help, make sure you reach out and ask somebody, you know, because if they don't know that you need help, they don't know that you're struggling, um, people can't take action on your behalf. And the second thing is not to forget to pray about it. I have seen prayer work firsthand in my own life. We, we belong to a loving God. And, um, and when you pray in the mighty name of Jesus, uh, you know, miracles can happen. Extraordinary things do happen. Healings can occur. Planes can get landed. Amen. With God, nothing's impossible. Let come back, get in your spirit today. 
you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. Everybody lock in, whether you're on site, online. I want to ask you a question. If you would say, Pastor Ken, I'm here on Easter, so I, I know about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus. I admire Jesus. I like Jesus. I'm a fan. I really am. But you've never really surrendered your life to Jesus. Every journey starts with a step, and you've never stepped across the line and said, I am moving from being a fan to being a follower. And that's the decision you're making today. I want to agree with you that this is your moment. This is your moment. All heaven's locked in. And if that's a decision you're making, would you lift up your hand real high all over the building? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Up in the balcony, God bless you. God sees your hand. He sees your hearts out in the amphitheater, out in the parking lot, those who are watching online. Lord Jesus, I thank you for those who are making decisions today to follow you. They're putting their trust in you. They're receiving you as their savior. And they're making you Lord of their life. They're putting you in charge. They're surrendering their life to you. God, I pray they know, would know how much they're loved by you. And I pray for all of us, all of us today, that the spirit of comeback would get on the inside of us. That when we've had a setback, it's just a setup for our comeback. And because Jesus came back, we're on our way back too. We believe it, we declare it in Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, Amen. Let's give him praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, the worship arts team is coming to help us celebrate one more time the resurrection of Jesus Christ.
Stand with me, please. I'll dismiss you in just a moment, but would you let this worship our teams and Manuel Romero, let them know how much we love him and appreciate him. <laughs> so good to have you back home. Wow. Couple quick things. Uh, thanks again for celebrating with us on this Easter Sunday. If you're a guest with us, uh, here for the first time, we encourage you to go by, pick up that gift from Roma Downey. And then also, I want to say it's especially wonderful to have our dear friends, uh, Ed and Ruth Silvoso, and they have friends all the way from Argentina. And just to, welcome, welcome, welcome. And then my, my dear buddy, David Pack and his son, Jackson, uh, so great to have you with us too. They're part of our cathedral family. We love you. And on behalf of my wife and I, and my kids, and my grandkids, and my granddaughter, which should arrive any day, we want to wish you a wonderful, blessed resurrection celebration. May the Lord bless you and keep you May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this day, especially this day, may come back, be in your spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go. Have an awesome day.